get to know yourself, get to know who you are, why you do the things that you do, why you love the things that you love, bring more of that into your life. Try to see why there are things that you don't appreciate. Like, how can you see those things differently? You know, and just learn from the lesson that's there to teach you so that you can move forward and just like bringing the good things, you know, back into your life. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by most exercises and workouts, whether they be running, biking, elliptical, rowing machine, traditional weightlifting, or even CrossFit, do not give you a balanced workout. And when you do workouts that neglect even one area, you're out of balance, resulting in pain and injury as well. Achieve your goals with the fitness program your chiropractor would love. Visit chrisjenke.com pod to watch the free video. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Janke and I'm joined today with Mayara Souza. Uh, Mayara is a sound healing therapist uh, to release old conditionings using neuroscience-based tools, simple and easy techniques. Mayara, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How's it going, Chris? Great, great. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. Fill in any gaps that I missed in your biography, like how you got started or what kind of drives you to do what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate being here and having the opportunity to share this stuff with your with your listeners. So a little bit of the background of how I came into the healing arts per se, how I came into fitness and taking better care of myself was that I was raised in Brazil and my father was an alcoholic and I have a very rough childhood. And so I got into alcohol very early. I was like 12, 13. I also got into alcohol heavily. And it was a big part of my life, like throughout my teens and throughout my 20s. And with the, the, the addiction to alcohol came like eating very badly, not exercising at all, being like very bad to myself and the kind of like even to other people, I was kind of like angry and, you know, because of everything that had happened. And uh so it was a big part of my teens and my 20s. And when I was getting close to 30, because my father had his heart attack at 37. So he was very young when he passed. I was only four. And when I was getting close to 30, it's when, you know, the voice within started like, you're doing the same stuff. Like, you know, that's not very wise. And what I did was I started researching like heart conditions and, you know, the, the genetic of it, like trying to figure out like, how can I work my way around this? And I realized that what we inherit, it's, I mean, of course the genes, the genes are there, but it's like they're dormant and we inherit the same lifestyle as our parents and grandparents. And then we develop the same conditions because we give the same environment to the cells, right? That are dormant there. And then they develop the same stuff. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. <laughs> so that's how my whole healing journey is started because then I realized like I have power back you know I can take care of my lifestyle like I can't really change my genes at this point but well actually I, I can <laughs> by epigenetics but anyways um, I can take the power back and change my lifestyle and move things around shift everything the way I'm doing and that's how everything started right 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, epigenetics is such a fascinating study, right? Yeah. How you can actually switch on and off genes. And um, Bruce Lipton, have you read The Biology of Belief? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That that book blew up my brain. Um, It's it's interesting, like I, similar to you, like as even as a kid, I remember doing this, like I would think of the difference between like nature and nurture. And, And now as a trainer, you know, I hear, sometimes I hear the excuse that people will have, well, oh, my mom is overweight, my dad is overweight, nobody in my family is healthy, so I'm not gonna be healthy. And it's almost like a resignation of, oh, my genes just are terrible. But yeah. like you said, it's really more like, well, is your entire family doing things that are making them unhealthy? And most likely the answer is yes. So I think that's a great uh, realization that you had when you were approaching 30 that, wait a second, I'm marching down this path and maybe I wanna march down the other path instead, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I hear from my clients, that's very common. It's like, it runs in my family. I'm like, don't go there. Let me tell you something. (laughs) So yeah, it started everything. Then I started researching like, so now how do I do it? How do I completely change lifestyle? Because it's like, I knew I was completely addicted. I was drinking every day. I needed to get to the point of like being drunk, you know, before I go to bed. Mm. And the the thing that made it very challenging for me was that I was hiding. Like nobody really knew that I was drinking that much. You know, I was at home. I was that kind of like a lonely drinker at home every night type of thing. I mean, I would go out in bars and clubbing and do all of that stuff, but it's like people looked at me as normal per se, you know, related to alcohol. They didn't know how much I struggled with it, like every day at home. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I started researching that, like, how do I do it? How do I even like start? Because one of the things with AA, I've been like with friends and it didn't resonate for me. It was the whole thing with like it, a, a bit of epigenetics, like the repetition, the neuroscience behind it. Every single day, I, hi, I'm Mayara, I'm an alcoholic. Right. It didn't work for me. Like it wouldn't work for me, that repetition, like, you know, reinforcing that I am. So I didn't do it, but I right. researched and researched and researched. And I came across all this alternative stuff that I used for myself. And that now I share with my clients. I started meditating moving my body, doing yoga, doing a lot of like concentrated focused work on kind of like becoming more self-aware, you know, of where that stuff was coming from, the patterns from childhood and just like unveiling, like, you know, getting everything out and, and healing all of that stuff. And it's a hard path. It's a pretty hard path when this stuff is start coming up for you to take a look at, you know, on your behavior, where, where is this stemming from? I didn't even know I, why I was drinking until I started kind of like trying to get rid of it. And then the, the stuff from childhood, it started surfacing, like it started coming up, like all the abuse and everything. And um, so I, I'm like fascinated with research and I get really deep into it. I homeschooled my daughter and this is the stuff she studies like Bruce Lipton, Dr. Uh, Joe Dispenza. So I really get into this stuff because I want her to be healthy too, right? Yeah. So now I am, I am in training to do neurofeedback, the biofeedback with the cap, you collect the data and then you retrain the brain, the areas of the brain that were affected. And man, that is another one that's just blowing my mind. I'm putting that together with the sound healing that I do. And it's like, so cool. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. That is, I want to go back real quick to when, so when you went, you were going to AA and you realized that maybe this isn't for me uh, just because of the repetition and it's affirming what you didn't want. Uh, what, like, did you have a realization that all the other things that you're now into, like the sound healing and all the, the mental, emotional conditioning, did you have an idea that that would help you with your alcoholism or was it just like, 
was it like, oh, I want to go this way just to become a better person. And then that alcoholism sort of took care of itself or like, what was your thought process around that? So the thought process was my health. I really needed to shift things around the way I was doing things. I needed to eat better. I needed to start moving and I needed to get rid of the alcohol. Like one of my main concerns was the alcohol. How do I get rid of it without having that, that community helping me that people find in AA? And it was meditation that kind of like triggered everything else to kind of unfold out of it. I started meditating. I tried several different types of meditations and I was going deeper and deeper and deeper and learning more and more and more about myself. Like what was it that was causing all of that stuff? What was triggering the need for alcohol, right? Like the ego would like just drive me to go and do it. Right. So I came across so many things after meditation. One ginormous thing in my life to this day that I really teach to every client also is A Course in Miracles. Um, I don't know how much you know about those teachings. They were like crucial for me to shift things around, to be able to see for what it is, you know, be more objective of my behavior and see for what it is. And then I, well, I mean, I knew I needed to start moving and I, I, could, I didn't really have like a lot of time to like go to the gym and do all of, you know, the, the, the stuff. And I started like little by little, I would do like 10 minutes of yoga. And then I kind of got passionate about it. I started kind of like building up to it and I created my own routine and I, I do my own routines at home to this day. I don't really like have a place that I go to. I like to sometimes, not very often, but I try to do as much things as I can on my own because, and then when I travel, I do it at a hotel. I do it at a friend's house. I do it everywhere. Now I jog. And so, but the beginning, like you were saying, it was meditation. It was it kind of like, it started getting me more in contact with myself to be able to like, see what is it that I needed to do? Like how much I needed to change my diet, you know, and how much I wasn't moving at all and all the other stuff, like even water, like I wasn't like drinking much water. Now it's like pretty much the only thing I drink, (laughs) you know? So it's like, but the beginning of everything was really the sitting quiet and being with myself and allowing everything to just shut off you know, no distractions. To this day, I'm a very um, advocate of like no distractions. Try to, you know, not use too much distractions so you can see what's going on, especially when the feeling comes up, you know, you start getting angry or pissed off at someone, whatever. It starts coming up, try to not distract yourself. Sit with it. What is it? Where is it coming from? You know, so to to this day, I I, I always go back to the beginning that was for me. Sit quietly, just listen. So what was the the process? So once you started meditating, what was kind of the process? When did you realize that, wow, I'm really going the right direction? What was your life like six months later after you started, maybe a year later? Like, what did that look like? So, like I said, I tried a variety of different meditations, you know, just kind of like, it's not that I was doing one type and I didn't like it. It's this curiosity. You know what I mean? Like, what about this that everybody talks about? Let me check it out and and see. And so I did a whole bunch of different types of uh, meditation until I came across plant medicine meditation, you know, working with the psychedelics and really revisiting, like literally revisiting the childhood to kind of like move things around and heal things around. And through those meditations, what I say, it's almost like this medicine took the, the habit, the dependency on alcohol out of my cells because I didn't need it anymore. Like literally, I didn't have that phase where I couldn't sit with you if you were having a glass of wine. 
You know what I mean? Like as soon as I quit and I just got it out of my life, threw everything away that I had at home, I stopped going to the bars, to the clubs, to all of those places. I could sit with you. You could drink in front of me. And there was no desire. It was kind of like you're drinking water. You know what I mean? Like I really don't care about what's in the cup. So that was very fascinating for me because I believe that the traditional ways, that's very rare for you to get to that stage. You, now it's been probably like seven, eight years that I don't drink. And it's the same thing. I have people that drink in front of me, couldn't care less, you know? Mm. And I don't hear that from the traditional ways that people are able to get to that stage, like really that have the drink in front of you and you are just fine. There's no part of you whatsoever that is not kind of like wanting it, right? Right. So yes. that was very transformational. Right, you didn't, and you didn't do it based on willpower and you weren't looking at the symptom. You weren't saying, okay, how do I get rid of my drinking? You were going deeper and you were saying, how do I enhance my own health and my own vibrancy? And that the drinking, which was just a symptom the whole time, just kind of faded away, right? Yeah, naturally. Yeah. You're absolutely correct because I was searching for the root, right? I was searching for the root that was, was getting me to go for it. There was right. pain. That There was pain somewhere. There was something that was there, like, you know, eating me up from the inside that was making me go to it as a distraction to kind of numb the pain, to kind of distract me from feeling whatever I needed to feel. And that's the thing. It's like, you starting meditating, you become more aware of those things that you have stuff going on on the inside that is driving you to the behaviors because we try to change the behavior, right? And that's why a lot of people fail. That's, that's how I work with my clients. It's kind of like I go to the mindset, to the root, to the beliefs, just like the, the biology of the belief, right? Of right. belief. It's like, if you try to change just the behavior itself, it's like you said, it's the symptom. You're trying to put a bandaid on top of something that's still there. It's still going on. So that's why I say meditation was the trigger of everything else, because then it brought me to all the other practices that I do today. But if you don't sit quiet and listen to what's going on inside, what is the pain about? What is it? What is it trying to show you? It's, it's hard to try to start exercising regularly, you know, doing all that stuff regularly, because we hear again and again and again that people start and then something kind of gets them out of it, especially like beginning of the year now, right? They have the resolution. Right. And then it's famous that people do a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever and are not un unable to continue. I noticed that my discipline it stems from my discipline with meditation. If I have my discipline to do my daily meditation, everything else that I want to keep in my life as practices, I do it daily also. Right. But I do want to point out, though, the kindness to self, because um, it can become kind of obsessive, right? Us <laughs> on the fitness and health world, we can become obsessed with it. Like, no, cannot miss one day. I had that. It, did, it doesn't work. <laughs> so... If something happens, like I like to go jogging by the water. I'm based in Florida. I like to go jogging by the water in the morning because it's just like perfection for me. It's paradise. Today's a rainy day. I didn't go and it's okay. Right. <laughs> you know? And that's so okay. It's like, yeah. yeah. Very good. I, okay. It's important. Yes. I like what you said about how all your discipline comes from the meditation. And so, so I, I find with meditation, it's like, you clear off, it's like decluttering your brain, right? It's like cleaning your house, right? There's no extra clutter. And then everything that enters your life is, is enhancing, right? There are things that you are choosing. So you're not kind of wasting your life. Cause I, you said something a few minutes ago, right? When you started talking about how you didn't have time to start exercising and things like that, which, you know, now looking back, you're probably thinking, how could I not have time to exercise, right? That's like the most important thing I can do. 
and it and it's like number one before everything else so i i just thought that was interesting like how how meditation is like your foundation and then you build up from there yeah that that's actually a great topic chris um i love that because the way I see, like the way I perceive reality, it's like media is trying to bombard you with distractions. Yes. And so we pay attention to the distractions or we sit quietly and calm down and do the things that come naturally for us. Like, like you know, the exercise thing, for instance, I was never one to get into um, pushing weights, like, you know, lifting weights. It's just, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. I don't feel the joy that I feel jogging and, you know, right. doing my yoga. And it doesn't matter. Like for people that do it, that's great. They are doing, you know. So I feel like when we try to do the things because media or friends or whatever is trying to kind of like push it on us, it's when we don't enjoy it. You know, we try to exercise and then it sucks. It's like we right. days and we go once a week and then we start going once a month until we don't go anymore because we're trying to do things that it's not like coming for you naturally, right? So I, I really appreciate that topic of like, do your own thing, you know, sit quietly and listen to see what is your thing because media is just like, gosh, I, <laughs> okay, I have a saying that I say like this. I am a, the, that type of person that loves everyone and everything, like literally. I love mm. everyone and I love everything. I do, however, hate one thing, and that is television. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, seriously, I, I don't appreciate how much we are bombarded with information that it's useless, that yeah. brings a lot of fear, you know, a lot of guilt, a lot of stuff that we don't need anymore. We, we need to do the work to get rid of, right? Yeah. So I don't appreciate television like at all. Um, well, I so think what, what television offers us, it, it, it depends on how disciplined you are in turning it off, right? Like if you have something specific that you want to watch that is life enhancing or, or maybe it's just entertainment, but you have a, you know, a very specific window of, I'm going to watch this one show, you know, Netflix has you on like, <laughs> the joke is like, you know, if I ask you, Hey, do you want to watch a two hour movie? You'll be like, ah, I don't know, two hours. That's a long time. But if I say, Hey, do you want to watch a 26 episode um you know mini series like yeah maybe i'll do that right like, it's it, it just like the binge watching is out of control but you know television is going to respond to how we are right if everybody had found the awakening of what you found right sitting quietly and like okay now i can turn off the tv at any time i can say no to a glass of wine at any time uh then tv i think would change because it wouldn't have the pull that it does now. And, um, but I think just so many people are so addicted to it that, you know, they know how to, how to psychologically get in our heads and just keep us watching. Right. And it's so easy to get addicted to it because that's pretty much what they want. Right. And they right. have like the best professionals behind the scenes providing that that happens. Right. Yeah. So for me, the word that comes up is discernment. You know, do you have discernment to see, like really pay attention to what you're watching? How does it make you feel? I was just recording a video the other day about that. I'm taking this class, uh, it's from Yale. And this lady, she teaches about the science of well-being. She says it's like the class of happiness. It's it's by far the, the number one class taken at Yale right now. So the lady is really cool. She shows you the data that really shows you like the things that you think are gonna make you happy and they really don't. <laughs> it's data, right? So everybody believes in the data in the That's science. Right. Especially at Yale. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she shows you also the data of the things that you think that are going to make you unhappy. And they really don't. Like it might a little bit bug you, but it's not even as close to as much as we think that we're going to be unhappy if they happen. Yeah. So one class the other day that she was talking about that I really wanted to make the video about was the how our reality is hacked. And talking about Bruce Lipton, we know how much that, you know, influences us, right? So she was talking about social media. So every life in social media today is filtered and, you know, like the, it's just the happiness out there, right? And right. what happens that she was explaining with the data is that our brain gets adapted to that hacked environment as the norm, as mm. the standards. Like it's absurd standards that you are happy all the time. Nobody is happy all the time, right? Right. So what she was saying is that your brain goes and adapts to that. And then when you shut off the social media and you take a look at your life that is unfiltered, that all the pain and the suffering is there, it brings anxiety, depression, you know, hence the despair, you know, that you have through the world. So that's what she was saying. Shut that off. You know, have discernment. If you are going to look at it, what accounts are you following? How does it make you feel about yourself and about your life? Does it bring, you know, like some motivation, inspiration into your life? Or do you feel like shit, you know, because it feels like everybody else is having fun and you're here, you're here suffering and stuff like that. And I totally agree. Like I teach that to all my clients. I'm like, be, have discernment. If you're going to watch something, I'm not a big proponent of like a screen, unless you're learning something that you really want to learn. But we have to be very careful with the um, entertainment. Oh my gosh, there's so much conditioning behind the entertainment in like, um, mainstream media today yeah, it's yeah. dangerous it's really dangerous how much we're feeling afraid and guilty of things because of that conditioning behind the scenes but anyways if the discernment is that absolutely it can be a healthy thing like i use the screen a lot of the times but look at what i'm doing right. you know the science of uh, well-being is stuff that brings like good feelings to my life and that i can share with other people also that will improve you know my life and other people's lives if it's stuff that's bringing drama i grew up with the television on i think that's why it's one of the things that i hate it, it was like soap opera you know it was crazy so now it's like if there's soap opera somewhere and i hear it from far away i'm like i gotta run <laughs> you put up you're like yeah it's coming oh my gosh no more no more <laughs> i like i like that word though discernment and that's that's really good i think uh i just have had a thought it went away but um yeah as far as like tv it's a great resource right and like you and i are talking you're you're three thousand miles away from me and i'm in california right now but we're speaking as if we're in the same room right and that's a great feature of this technology but it's when people let it go too far right they let it run their lives and um and yeah, just, just the ability to know like what's important to me. And uh, I think it was something about what you were saying with, with like our lives, right? Nobody posts, you know, everyone posts like the bathroom selfie after they go to the gym and they're like, right? nobody posts what their face looks like when they're depressed, when they wake up in the morning, you know? So, so we do, we get this like artificial, it's always good. It's always good. It's always good. And when my life is not matching that, then something's wrong. Right. So I, I think that's really important to remember and sort of like get that into context and, and hear more people like you talk about it, because it's not like, you know, our parents didn't grow up with this technology. So it's not like they even struggled. It's not like they could, you know, pull us under their wing when when we're nine years old and say, hey, I just want to talk to you about social media because this is what could happen with it. You know, there wasn't any of that. Nobody knew about this. So this is good to, to talk about this right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things. It's like we come from such a different generation. Like we're so young to be saying that, right? Like when we were we were kids, there was no such thing as social media. So now right. like, I have my daughter. How am I going to explain to her if I don't have that experience from when I was a kid? So one thing for me with that, it's like we have become this traumatized um, generation that are that we are trying to raise healthy kids, you know, coming from like my childhood, for instance, full of trauma, no social media. And now I'm trying to raise my daughter, you know, with all this stuff that I have to heal myself and all these new things that happen in her world. So that's why for me, discernment, discernment is, and that's why I always keep bringing back all the practices that I do. I keep bringing them back to meditation, to mm -hmm. having that consistency with meditation, because to me, it's like one of the most powerful tools to bring that discernment to your mind so that you are able to see things for what they are. See really like what is the meaning behind those things? Because there's, like I said, there's a lot of entertainment coming out of Hollywood, but there's so much bad conditioning infused in it, you know? So it's like, we gotta discern, you know? I, I, I understand like this need that we have to be entertained, but if you discern well, you can find very healthy entertainment that you don't yeah. get with it, the bad conditioning, you know? So yeah. it becomes the bad habits and the bad behavior and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think when, when, when entertainment turns like bad is when I, I just have this image of like a, like a king in, in the middle ages, you know, like 1500. And he's like a fat king and he's sitting back and somebody's feeding him his grapes and he's like, amuse me, you know? And he's like, he's got the court gestures up there and he's like, no, oh, that wasn't funny. Kill him next, uh -huh. you know? And like, like, that's almost how we've become like so spoiled in that way. It's like, next, nope, that doesn't, that doesn't do it for me. Next, next. And it's like, like you're saying that meditation though, that comes from within and we sort of lose that need to be entertained because life has a richness to itself. It doesn't need to come from outside. It doesn't have to be the funniest thing in the world or the goriest or the, you know, the most dramatic movie or anything like that. It can just, we can just sit with ourselves and just enjoy. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're exactly right. It's like, what are we looking for when we are just pressing the button, looking for another scene, right? It's right. that heat of dopamine, right? It, and exactly. Right. But then, though, when we sit and we meditate, it's like there is no need. Everything comes into perfection as is. Man, it's a moment that it's like I want everybody to have it. You know, people talk with me a lot about like um, you seem so happy, even though there is, you know, so much trauma in your in your past and stuff like that. You are you always have this like good mood about things. You're positive. You look forward to things and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I learned how to listen to the lessons that are here to teach me when life gets hard. There's a lesson there for sure. I look at it and I accept it and I welcome it. I don't welcome just the good things. I welcome the hardships. Right. Because they're teaching me something. So it, it creates this habit of not needing much i have become more and more of a minimalist the more i meditate the more life is good as is <laughs> and you know 100%. what happens i i keep getting more and more of what i appreciate in my life because 
I'm putting myself in that state of appreciation, of gratitude, of like, oh, life is just good, just the way it is. Like the sun is out. Oh yeah, good stuff, right? Don't need that much of like the lady on the on the course at the end. She says awesome stuff. Don't need that much awesome stuff, right? I need to be here. I need to connect to nature, you know, see outside, connect to the animals, connect to the people around me and all of that. And then from there, things keep showing up in my life without that wanting, you know, I feel like that's the ego, like I need that stuff, I want that stuff, just like appreciating the moment that you are in, and then the stuff pours into your life, and just yep. this you need, just, you know, this stuff you appreciate, there's not a lot of like hardships that keep showing up, because you are just chill, yeah. <laughs> you know, in that yeah. good vibe of meditation. Exactly, you get exactly what you need, exactly the right time, so uh, Mayara, I want to let you finish with a motivational speech that you're going to give. Let's say you're, you're in front of a graduation ceremony and you're, you're about to talk to the graduating class about how to get the most out of their lives. What uh, words of wisdom would you give to that graduating class? Oh, that's great. I would say get to know yourself. Get to know who you are, why you do the things that you do, why you love the things that you love. Bring more of that into your life. Try to see why there are things that you don't appreciate, like how can you see those things differently, you know, and just learn from the lesson that's there to teach you so that you can move forward and just like bringing the good things, you know, back into your life. I would love to give a little challenge actually. <laughs> I did this on a, on a speaking engagement that I did and it was great. Three little things that will help you to get to know yourself, bring in that self-awareness that, that allows for discernment of everything that's happening in your environment. Those three things. First of all, it's prayer. And I use gratitude as my prayer. Like every single day, get up in the morning, thank you for one more day in this beauty, right? <laughs> thank for whatever, like the air in your lungs, two legs to walk, whatever. But like at least like three things or so, Thank for those things. Use it as your prayer. Thank for the things that you are expecting to come in your future. You know, that's so powerful. Think already for those things that you're expecting for the future. The second thing, meditate. Sit quietly. Prepare the ground of your mind to receive how to achieve those things, how to become that future version of yourself that you want to become. Figure it out, like, who do you want to be? And then sit quietly. Sit quietly. Allow everything to just be quiet. You might get insights right away when you are meditating. You may not. But you are preparing the ground of your mind. What happens is that a couple of days after, maybe you are in the shower or something, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, how did I not think of this before? Right? So that's the second thing, meditate to prepare your mind to receive, receive guidance from spirit, from God, from the universe, whatever resonates with you. Third thing that's going to like be crucial for you to get to know yourself, know yourself, the most important thing you can do, journal. Sit down, write, whatever comes up, you just meditated, right? So sit down, write just a couple of sentences, at least if you have more coming, allow it to flow, allow it to flow, don't edit it, just allow it to flow, 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 flow. What happens is that you're going to have some, something subject to look at. You're going to bring the stuff that's going on here that could be chaotic or not, it doesn't matter, but you're going to bring what's going on inside to the paper so that you can take a look at it. 
So you're going to take a look of what's going on inside. You're going to learn a ton about yourself. That self-knowledge, that self-awareness will bring discernment. You're going to know what's good for you in your life. You're going to keep more of it. And you're going to naturally, which is a very key word here, you're going to naturally release what's not serving you anymore. Being it within yourself, people, situations, circumstances, whatever. Whatever is not serving you anymore naturally will be released do that every day for like 30 days and then let me know what happens i would love to receive an email from your listeners like what happens i get emails like oh my gosh it's like wild i love this thank you for letting me share it that's awesome <laughs> absolutely absolutely well that's a good segue uh how do people contact you what is your email address what's your website social media yeah so if you go to my website is mayara M-A-Y-A-R-A, a little dash, Souza, S-O-U-Z-A.com. You're going to find all social media there. In the email, it's love, Souza at Gmail. Send me an email, contact if you would like accountability, support, <clears throat> or just someone witnessing you as you go through your journey. Let me know. We'll talk. Nice. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Mayara. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you joining me on Health in the Real World today. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris, for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. Visit mycorebalance.com to learn more.